is the Under Center Podcast. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Under Center Podcast. I'm your host, Daramar, and just like Will Smith, we are here to slap you with our free agency winners and losers two weeks into the free agent uh, off season. Uh, sorry, I had to say it. I'm joined, as always, by Phil Malloy and Jake Woolhead. Lads, it's been a crazy two weeks with all of these trades and all these free agent signings. Probably the busiest and craziest one we've seen to date. I don't know about you guys, but I need that sort of break now for a week. I can't say that. I love the off-season um, and I hate it because one, it's far too long, and sometimes when you get a week or two like this, you can't keep track of anything. I don't know who's on what team, who coaches who, who's now retired, who's not. It's just all a all a mess now. Yeah, and while we're reviewing for our winners and our losers, it really struck me how many like nonsense transactions of guys you've never heard of shuffling <laughs> around the league, and it's it's in one way it's interesting because there's a whole. A subcategory of players beyond the star names that we know, like um, outside of your own teams, how many players off each team can you name? Maybe five, ten if you're a super <laughs> NFL fan. Uh, but of course, these are 53-man rosters. And a lot of no, guys, ninety now. seven, eight years without ever like making a catch in a game. So yeah, it was, it, sure, it was what interesting you, to see. What you really don't realize, in the offseason, it's a 90-man roster, 91-man roster. Well, I mean, surely if you're signing a guy for a million, you're not going to cut him, right? Unless he yeah. is really... I don't know. The Giants cut the money that saves you no money. <laughs> yeah, you just you, you put the you put an incentive-based contract in place so you don't have any dead money. When you, you cut it, well, okay. You always have a little guaranteed money, I suppose. Yeah. Sign right. a bonus. Sign a bonus. A signing a bonus, yeah. yeah. But I don't think that... I don't think a signing bonus is a cap implication. It's just if you cut someone who's... Old guaranteed money, that's when it's a cap implication. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not. That's a lot of these rejig contracts have added humongous signing bonuses because that takes out of the, the total well, the, contract the value. Sign a bonus spreads spread over the, the yeah, mm-hmm. sign a bonus spreads over the years. Or the, the the word of the day there last year, void years, void years in yeah. contracts. Uh, especially who was it, Taysom Hill with his massive $134 million contract, which was actually only. What was it, like 20 million in the <laughs> end or something know. like that? It was still too much for Taysom Hill, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. <laughs> Funny, I've been a fan of the NFL for like 10 years, and like last year was the first time I heard void year being used. Yeah, I know. It was, it was everyone's way of just trying to get around, obviously, the, the, the smaller uh, cap space for all the teams, wasn't it? That they had to Maybe use void year, so mm-hmm. yeah, so they could get away with it. Um, but we aren't here just to talk about the cap. We are going to be talking about, like I said, our winners and losers of free agency so far. But before we do, I want to actually get into a bit of news because, you know, it's not just free agent signing news that's been happening. Of course, the owners' meetings are going on this week. And we have a few news stories coming out. But first of all, uh, we have news around the Buffalo Bills and their new stadium is getting the go-ahead. They're receiving $1.4 billion in funds and the stadium. I don't know, guys, have you seen pictures of the stadium so far? The projected what it will look like? No. No? <laughs> I haven't yeah, looked at I it think at Okay, okay. Think, think of Buffalo, okay? And what's the what Buffalo Stadium? And what's the thing that it's comes It's shaped like a it? table, isn't it? No, unfortunately uh. not. I wish it was. <laughs> and the players There's, drop. It's a new stadium. Game. It's a new stadium in Buffalo. And it hasn't got a dome. 
Of course, it. Why wouldn't you? That's a great advantage. I think it's a great advantage. Yeah, I agree with you. Foxborough and and Buffalo. You want to make it, especially in the playoffs, down right around December. December, You want to make it as hard as possible for everybody to come down your neck of the woods. I I am I am an advocate of dome stadiums. I do like the dome stadiums. We play we play in cold weather, and you know how bad it does get when you get hit with a ball in the stomach or in the hand, (laughs) freezing cold. Oh, it's awful. Imagine that in like minus weather, and the ball is made of ice. Yeah, we do it because we're mental enough to pay for the privilege to do it. They're getting paid mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, but like to give yourself that little bit of an advantage, fucking go for mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I I don't know. I just think mo- if you are getting a new stadium nowadays, I thought like the the thing is to just get a dome. Like say <sighs> the Vikings up there in Minnesota. They got their Darryl, dome to take rid of. Darryl, their, just go uh, and follow the Arena League. They all play in domes and leave us to the real manly NFL where men still play outdoors. <laughs> Where men aren't afraid of weather. <laughs> Never yeah. heard Darren Rogers playing outdoors all them years, putting up those stats. So I don't buy that. That it's just easier to play football indoors. Well, it is if you ask Matt Ryan. Nicer for the kickers. That's the only reason sure. why he went to the Colts, wasn't it? He could continue to play indoors. Yeah, well, I don't know. Matt Ryan should probably hang up the boots <laughs> if you ask me, but we won't get into that. <laughs> Maybe. We Maybe. also have well, we might get into it. Depends on if the Colts are one of our winners or losers, or the Falcons. Okay. True, or true. The Falcons. Uh, we have a uh, new overtime rules. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, during the owners' meeting, a motion was brought by the Eagles and the Colts, and was passed, meaning that both teams will be guaranteed at least one possession in overtime. But this rule only applies to playoff games and not the regular season. Uh, so uh, if the game goes to overtime in the regular season, it's the old overtime rules where whichever team scores a touchdown first wins the game automatically, whether or not both teams have had a possession or not. Uh, lads, this uh, was brought to light, obviously, because the, uh, well, most notably and recently was the divisional game between the Bills and the Chiefs last season. Where of course it went to overtime and Bills lost a coin toss and never got to see the ball again because the Chiefs scored a touchdown on their first possession. Uh, are you in favor of these uh, rule changes? Yeah, I think so. I like it. Um, I like the fact that they're just bringing it in for the playoffs now, so that we can kind of test how it is. And in the important matches, as such, every match is important. But yeah, I like the fact that both teams get um, an offensive possession because. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that would have thought they could have scored had they gotten the coin flip go their way. Yeah, I think it adds to the excitement, doesn't it, really? Because no one's going to complain too much about the fact that both teams get a possession. I don't think it loses much of that jeopardy that the NFL likes about the overtime rules. And it just makes more sense. And of all of the possible fixes that have been floated over the last month or two or since the since the playoffs ended pretty much, I think it's the most simple, it makes the most sense, and it's the most straightforward to, to implement. So we'll see how it goes. I don't expect it to make much of a difference in terms of how the fans experience playoffs and the excitement of playoff football. If anything, it might ratchet it up. Those those drives to win games, I think, is some of the most fun part of the NFL, those two-minute drills. And look, if you get to see two in overtime or even three or even four, because if you get if you move quickly enough, you could definitely get four drives in a single quarter. So... We might see a lot of extra exciting, meaningful football, which could be cool to see. Interesting, though. I want to give you this take because this is probably one that maybe some people haven't thought about since the they've heard the real change. 
what if you're the team that has possession first and you score a touchdown, right? Do you go for two or do you go for one? Because if uh, you go for two, um, that means then the other team will have to go for two to just yeah. tie the game and keep the game going. But I think if it's you go for two, wrinkle. yeah, if you go for one, then the other team, when they get their possession back, can go for a touchdown, get a two-point conversion, game over, you don't get the ball back. I wonder should they maybe implement some sort of you, you can only go for two on both your possession. Like the first team to get the ball has to go for two if they score a touchdown. Same with the other team. Because then you still have that uh, might miss your two-pointer. No, I don't know. Well, it, I, I, I mean, like that. I like that I think extra it, jeopardy of where you have that choice. You can go for one if you want to play it safe, but you better be sure that you can stop the other team's red zone like two-point conversion. And, and that you don't have one of them up. kickers that misses uh, a fucking field goal attempt or uh, a point after attempt. But I exactly. guarantee you that will happen next season at one stage in the playoffs if a game goes to overtime. And then we will get calls from media and fans of the team that lost probably mostly that they have to change the overtime rules again that now you can't go for two. It has to go for one or something like that. Listen, it's what there is, the- That's the thing. There's no perfect rule change. Yeah, it's one of the most uh, like biggest sports in in the world. There's tons of fucking people watching it. Obviously, you're gonna have uh, this and that opinion. You're never gonna get it right, as you said there. So, um, I I like the fact that they're at least coming to terms with that. Some of the changes should be implemented. So, I am happy with it. Are we gonna see a team forget about the new rule and when the ball goes in the end zone, all rush the pitch, forgetting that now we need get to kick penalty. an extra point and keep playing? <laughs> And they get a yeah, penalty, and then you give the other team. Yeah, that'll be a flag that they push back for their uh, extra point or their two, their two point attempt. So yeah, I think was it five or a ten yard penalty or something like that. That that could be another interesting, interesting wrinkle. Yeah. Could Actually, be for sure. Fifteen yard penalty. Didn't somebody run on in one of the playoff games, and it was like a fifteen yard penalty, Bowl, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was one yeah. of the Bengals players. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ran onto the pitch. Um, smart move. Well done, guy. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I am. Um, I. I'll be interested to see what happens. I think that's now it will make over. Uh, not overtime. Sorry. Uh, extra points or two point conversions a lot more interesting now to see. I like what teams uh, are going to do. I don't know if you kept it, watching the uh, AFL or AAF. I don't even know what XFL. One of them. They had their uh, extra points. You could go for one extra point a kick. You go for two from the normal two yard line, or you could get three points. On like yeah. I think it was ten or twelve yards out or something. Yeah. You had to go for a play that way. I thought that was really good. Yeah, the USFL are doing the same thing this year. I know. Yeah, I like that. I think it's a yeah. cool little touch, especially if you're down by three or something like uh, yeah. like nine rather. And they're doing a change. They're not doing onside kicks anymore. So they're going to give you a fourth and yeah, seventeen or something like that. Like, like it the, was in the in the Pro Bowl. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a good idea. Uh, I think it is too. I think it's, I think was it, is it a fourth and 15? I think it's a fourth and 15 from your own 22, 22 yard line. If you make it, you obviously continue to drive. And if you don't, obviously the other team gets the ball there. So I like it. It is a good change. I'd like to see the NFL implement something like that, but that probably won't happen until earliest next year. Anyway, I wouldn't think. Uh, I imagine they're probably just going to keep an eye on the USFL and see what uh, these new rule changes do to it. Yeah. Well, like that with the agreement that the XFL, um, has entered in with the NFL that they're going to basically be like a feeder league for each other. So they'll try out real changes there and see if it works. And then they might start implementing it in the NFL after that too. Uh, One more piece of news we should get to before we move on to our main topic tonight is 
the Detroit area got a double dose from the NFL this week. Um, First, uh, the Lions have been announced as the team that will be featured in the upcoming series of HBO's Hard Knocks. And then we also heard the news that the 2024 draft will be taking place in Detroit as well. First on the Hard Knocks series, guys, I don't know about you, but the last two years, I've lost interest about halfway through. So that was what? Cowboys last year and then the Rams Chargers combo the year before. Um, They just haven't been that exciting to me. I don't know, maybe because it's so flashy. They have all this money behind them. I don't know what it was. But this year, I think they have my attention for sure. You just give me all the Dan Campbell you you can and give me as little Jared Goff as you can. I'll be on board for the full series. What do you think about the uh, the announcements? That's not going to happen. I'll give you a little stat I read. Jared Goff's been in the league like six years and has been on Hard Knocks twice, or will be on Hard Knocks twice, or three times, and all or nothing once. He's been on far too much media for a guy nobody really cares about watching. I just like, I don't know whether it was all or nothing, but remember he had the little, uh, I think it was a little pitching course that you, it was back garden. Oh, I keep talking about his hole-in-ones and stuff. Mm. I couldn't stand it. But, again, I'm always starved for good football content around that time of the year, so I always watch it to the end. Yeah, I I always like when they introduce the smaller guys, the bubble guys. I think they should focus on those more. The Rams had a few good ones. Uh, That linebacker I quite liked who was kind of struggling in his first year. I thought, was it Reader? No. Maybe it was the other Reader, the other way. Uh, could have been him and then like guys like uh just those kind of bubble guys i think their stories are more interesting i'm fine with like one episode like they had on jj watt or like how they prepare or train and and comparison but that's the interesting storylines and as well i'd like to see uh jared goff's house downgrade from living in the la hills (laughs) to living in detroit michigan I want to see what that apartment, probably two-bedroom apartment he lives in now in Detroit. Probably has a little 10-foot putting green. <laughs> he can probably still, knowing Detroit from what I've seen on the TV, he could probably still ping golf balls off the, the roof or whatever building he's doing into downtown Detroit. I don't think it'll make any difference to that war zone of a town. Uh, we'll see though it'll be interesting um like that if you're or jake i'm like i i agree you're kind of starved for football you kind of want i'm re-watching all or nothing again now i i'm watching the carolina <laughs> panther series at the moment i can't um, i can't re-watch them i don't know what it is which, I just can't which by the way features two commanders quarterbacks in their quarterback <laughs> room yeah, it had Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen in their quarterback room with Cam Newton during that. I don't know how many of them will still be uh, commanders quarterbacks by the time we start the season, but <laughs> we will see. We will see. We have plenty of time to discuss about commanders quarterbacks and who will be starting the season there in due course. But before we move on, if you aren't already, make sure you're following us on our social channels. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both the exact same. Just search at UndercenterPod. Uh, make sure you're following or you're subscribed on our YouTube channel under Center Podcast. You'll search for it. You will find us. That's where you'll find all of our shows, including our recent interviews we've had with ex-Seahawks linebacker Lofa Tatupu and ex-Panthers uh, uh, lineman Morgan Fox, as well as previous interviews had with likes of Wade Phillips. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to have um, so many great people on the show and so many great uh, journalists from uh, all over the states too um, which will definitely continue throughout the off season alternatively, alternatively if you prefer the audio version just search Under Center Podcast that's where you find it like I said all the shows are up there 
for you to listen to. But we are going to move on and we're going to start talking about our winners and our losers of free agency. We're going to go on a virtual roundtable. We're going to give two winners and two losers uh, each on this. Um, we, I, th- I hope now we we had we had a discussion i think we're good i think we're gonna have different teams for winners and losers because i don't want too many agreements i want fights on this this is why we do this so uh fion i'm gonna let you go first for your winners give me your first winner of free agency so far yeah well between four teams for the travels we cover about half the nfl and these winners and losers so most (laughs) of the teams are gonna be covered my first winner for this offseason is the carolina panthers and that is based on some good moves that they've made. They've they've signed quite a lot of players as well. And I think they've got good value for that. Uh, so I think I think for them, they're one of my winners. Some big name signings. They obviously got Dante Jackson, the, the cornerback. He's on about 10, 12 million a year. That's a nice contract. So they got him back. Lo- Was he with them beforehand? Uh, yes, they did sign him back. Yes, I beg yeah. your pardon. So, uh, Xavier Woods over from Minnesota, another nice signing. One sneaky good signing, I think, is Johnny Hecker. He's a he's a hell of a weapon in that special teams game, especially. He if he can he's use a heck him. of a weapon. I would have stopped yeah. that weapon as well. Yeah. He's a he, especially if he can use him. I think I think they have to put in a package of some trick plays on special teams just to make sure the teams know that they're going to use them the same way the Rams use them because he's got a fantastic leg on him and adding that danger of him being able to throw the ball or run up the middle as he did a couple of times as well. I think that's an interesting dynamic that they've added. So yeah, generally for me, it's the Carolina Panthers because of the volume of players that they got, a couple of nice weapons and just genuine value for money that they managed to get from all their signings. Yeah, yeah I, what's, I, what's I, the odds? Sorry, Jake. What's the odds on by week seven? Johnny Hecker is QB one. I like the fact that the Panthers didn't get involved really in this QB carousel so far. They haven't gone after a Jimmy Garoppolo who is basically a little bit better than Sam Darnold. But come on, he's not going to get the Panthers to that place so why would you bother they didn't I think they dipped their toe in the Deshaun Watson talks but I don't think they they've gone for that one and I Baker Mayfield they haven't they? yeah probably yeah I understand well that's one of the things I like though so now they have I think they pick a four do they five no Giants pick a five I think it's four or six anyway they pick quite high <laughs> so they could pick <laughs> they could pick Hey, this was Fionn's team to cover. I'm just uh, explaining <laughs> my point. They could pick uh, Malik Willis or one of the other co- top quarterbacks if they wanted, or they can hold on to Sam Darnold for a year and, and, and buff up that team. They're yeah, picking again, at number six. It's quite, okay. it's kind of hard to, to judge these free agencies because obviously, like Jake said, you've got the draft. And again, it, a lot of these kind of talks that we're all going to point out they, they depend on how the player shakes out and what, what you get for your contract. So I'm kind of assuming you're going to get some top contracts that are going to be worth it. Most, some are going to underperform. Most of your middle contracts are going to be about the right value. You're hoping you get a couple of guys playing above the value. And then your lower end guys is really just filling out. A lot of those guys won't get it. So I'm just kind of, I have a scientific background. I'm using my, my Gaussian curve. And I'm going to say like, I'm just kind of averaging out what the contracts are. Uh, so, yeah, there's not... There's, let's just 
put a little asterisk when I say they got good value. That's naked eye on paper, given <laughs> Fion, by the standard conditions. guarantees the Panthers have gotten great yeah. value. I did. I did not go through all of the data, all of the snaps, all of the film on all of these guys and say, "Oh, he's an excellent pass blocker for two point three million. That's that's one point eight million under the, the average NFL for that position." He PFF graded out. No, none of that. I'm just going. Hey, they signed a lot of players. Seem to be a good range of values. Most of them are going to be worth the money that they signed them for. So I think that's a pretty good free agency, in my opinion. I like the way you go about that because it's kind of like the lazy average you're trying to yeah, go for yeah. here. Like they yeah. spent X amount of money. <laughs> you, you know, some of them are going to overperform. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. We'll move on quickly. Um, Jake, your first winner of free agency. I'm going to go with the Chargers for my first winner because how could you not really? I think they probably have one of the best off seasons so far. They acquired Khalil Mack for what amounted to a couple of buttons. I don't know. This was such weird trade value. They got a, they sent 2022 second and a six this year and whatever they could find down the back of the couch. And they just got a, Khalil Mack. Like, I mean, one of the better players in the league. I know he's not like, what he was maybe but still one of the better players in the league they got jc jackson who was one of the better cornerbacks that was on the open market this season they signed him to a five-year 82 million contract which is pretty decent for a cornerback he's quite young five years you lock him up so can't argue with that they kept mike williams which of course a perfect compliment to keenan allen they gave him a nice deal they get got sebastian joseph day for run protection and stuff so i mean why couldn't you argue or why could you argue that they didn't have a great offseason? They, the only thing I didn't exactly like, but I mean, they let Brian Balaga go, who is a quality tackle in the league. So uh, that's one knock you could give on them, but I'm sure they'll replace that in the league or in the draft, are they? Yeah, I'm sure they definitely have someone with their on their eye, I should say, on someone in the draft. They also signed um, Gerald Everett, uh, tight end, and that's one move that I really liked. I would have liked him to go back to Seattle because I thought he was very one of the better players they had in a bad season last year um, and it's a really good receiving option again for Herbert so if it's not Allen or Williams now you have uh, Gerald Everett there too so yeah they've done some really really good stuff uh, this year they're continuing to build around Justin Herbert they're continuing to make that defense stronger like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa on either side of the defensive line like Russ thought he was getting away from that sort of stuff, and now he's going back into it again with other teams involved, which I'm sure we'll talk about at other stages too. But yeah, I actually I agree with you. I do like the moves that the Chargers are making. I don't like the JC Jackson contract though. I think it but is. They had a lot, lot of money to give, like they just did. give it no. and get a solid cornerback a, a good they piece. Did. No, you're right. You're right. The only thing, the only issue I have is like. Bill Belichick let him go and was happy to let him go. He didn't offer him a contract. And yeah, I've but heard Bill Belichick doesn't pay anybody. <laughs> I know that, but I've heard rumors about him as well that aren't great. We'll see. Um, and what did they say about ball hogs in the uh, in the NFL? If you're if, if you're a ball hog, that means you get targeted, and if you get targeted, that means teams see a weakness in you. That's why Trayvon I mean, Diggs gets targeted a lot. He 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 played a lot that time with Stefan Gilmore, who was probably the most overrated corner in the league. So he got all the targets that weren't going towards Stefan Gilmore uh, when they were playing at the same time on the Pats. I know they've been away from each other there last season, but I think a lot of his reputation 
I think is fairly earned. He had to deal with a lot of targets because he was the second corner and he stood up to it. He got a lot of he got a lot of uh balls, as you said, a lot of yeah. interceptions. So I think yeah. really anyway, he was probably the top one or one or maybe second best corner on the market, the free agency market. Yeah. And if you have a need have the cap space and you're in a position like the Chargers are which is win now you got to do everything you can to win now and another thing I like about it is they kept their first round pick when they're acquiring Khalil Mack they didn't need to part with it so they picked 17th I just checked that's all right so they picked 17th so they called the options they'll probably shore up the offensive line or something like that now just keep uh keep uh what's his face Justin Herbert on the on his feet mm-hmm. true true um, yeah, and no, what did like, Washington but... pay last season for the cornerback that they signed? Uh, was it Jackson the third? Um, Hold on, I'll see if I can find it here not now. Too sure. Yeah, William Jackson, isn't it? Wasn't it? Hold on now. Yeah, William Jackson. About five million there, a year, third. so it's about equivalent. If you're saying, uh, or is that much less? What did you say that? Um... It's a, it was a five-year, eighty-two million, forty million okay. guaranteed. But so the... a lot of these, a lot of these contracts that people are signing out, a longer contract is because the cap is inflating over the next few mm-hmm. years. So if you get good quality players on a good deal for the next few years, you'll have more cap space anyway coming into the next like two two years from now. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um... We'll move on. Um, I'll give you my first winner of free agency. And for me, that's the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they have brought in the likes of Tariq Hill uh, with the trade with the Chiefs. They've got Toronto Armstead and Connor Williams to help the O-line. You have Chase Edwins, uh, Edmonds, I should say, for the running back position. Another receiver in Cedric Wilson. You got Mike Kosicki back on the franchise tag. I think the moves that they have made have been really good. They've, they're helping to protect to it, and they're giving him options to throw to as well. So this is a make-or-break year coming up for Tua. If he doesn't do it this year, he won't do it um, at all. There's going to be no excuse. Also, interestingly enough, Mr. Brisket is gone. Jacoby Brissett is not there anymore. He's gone to the Browns, and they brought in Teddy Bridgewater as the backup. So there is going to be pressure on... Um, tour from day one of training camp. So if it's not working out from a training camp, I'm especially with Mike McDaniel. He has no allegiance to Tua. He has no. He doesn't have to play him if he doesn't think he's up to it. So if he thinks Teddy's going to be better, I'm sure he'll have no problem playing uh, Teddy instead. Um, on the defense, there's no massive changes. They've made sure they've signed uh, Emmanuel Agba back. So he's going to be sticking around. He's probably their best pass rusher. Um, if they can get another guy in the draft um, to help that defense, and obviously with the likes of Xavier Howard there in the backfield as well um, to uh, help their the defense out too. So I think that the Dolphins are setting up nicely as well. Um, there is a chance for that second spot in the AFC East um, to definitely take it and maybe to get a wild card spot. Um, I don't think they've done enough to overtake the Bills, but I think they're they're putting together a nice little roster. Yeah, the only, comment, the only comment okay. I have about it is that there's no really, really superstar names in anyone that they've signed. And that's fair enough. I think I think I that's recall. quite similar to the Panthers. Kill? 
Oh Thank yes, you. sorry, of course. Sorry, I missed that. But I suppose is he was a trade, wasn't he, as opposed to a free yeah. agency? It technically yeah, doesn't count. Trade. If we're technically talking about the free agency, then. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you knew. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's along the same lines as the Panthers, right? I, I was definitely looking at the Dolphins. Uh, they've they've kind of chugged along and just made sure that they've got better where they needed to get better. Like you pointed out, the defense has been strong. Certainly two seasons ago. Last season didn't get off to a hot start, but got much better in the second half of the season. So I don't think they need a whole lot of change there. Just kind of maintain the status quo. So yeah, I agree with you. I think they've had a pretty good, a pretty nice offseason. Yeah, it's kind of that. Um, give a, give to a lot of the tools and the protection that you need um, and see if he can su- you could succeed with Tua. And then if not, obviously, then you have made your mind up. you got to move on from pick somebody up next year. But at least you're you're giving him everything he needs, and it's all on him now. So that's what I like about the offseason for the Dolphins. They're giving him everything that he needs. Protection, weapons, the whole lot. And now Tua, you succeed or gone. So that's I like it. I, I like this pick there. Oh, thank you, Jake. Just for that, I'm going to let you pick your next winner now for that. Yes! <laughs> uh, my next winner is the Broncos for me. I think Fionn might have a bit of an issue with this one. But obviously this Russell Wilson trade, um, I like it because they're a fairly strong team and they were missing that one part which was important. The quarterback, they were on a Drew Lock and whoever else they trotted out there last season. Um it was pretty poor watching the Broncos sometimes because you know they have more talent. They have good running backs, good wide receivers, and pretty decent defense. So it was nice to see them go out and actually go find somebody for to run the ship to lead the Broncos possibly to get into, well, I mean, it's a very uh, competitive area or division that they're in now, but uh, they did what they needed to do and get a quarterback. And then with the Randy Gregory pivoting from the Cowboys into now signing with the Broncos, that was a good signing and big, I think a big enough contract for him, but still you're adding a a, a pass rusher as well. So you're bolstering that defense up as well, which I I really liked. It was a lot to give though for, for um, Russell Wilson though. I mean, you can always pass Drew Locke and Noah Fant. That's all right. You can give them away. That's fine. Shelby Harris, two first round picks, the fifth rounder. Um, Yeah. Well, you just kind of do it. You have to to get a guy like Russell Wilson. You might say he's fallen off cliff, but he's certainly better than half the half the quarterbacks in the league anyway. Yeah, I think you've nailed it. I, I agree with you. I think they've added, again, like, like all the teams we've talked about that have good free agency, it's not always about getting five or ten superstars. It's about getting maybe one or two and just really getting good value for your money after that. And again, they have signed some great players and traded for a couple of great players. For me it really does whether they're a winner or a loser hinges on Russell Wilson. And I, and that's not just my opinion on, on personally how he plays. I think that's pretty much how it is that like, it really does depend on whether Russell Wilson plays really well or really bad. Personally, I think he's really bad. I think I'm worried about that low, low atmosphere. He was already had a punch on for <laughs> fling and hail Mary's left, right and center to absolutely no one. Now he gets to fling them even further to even less targets <laughs> it's outside of Jerry Judy. So uh yeah, that's what makes me nervous about that Russell Wilson. But hey, if he if he proves me wrong, which plenty of people have, uh then it's then it's a great free agency. If he plays the way I think he might play, then I think it becomes a lot worse of a free agency. 
Listen, you have to give it to them anyway because they had to go balls to the wall, and that's exactly they what they, they did. did. They threw everything at it, and if it doesn't work, everybody on that team is gone. The front office, they're all out. Uh, you traded yeah. all our picks away to get Russell Wilson, so you could fuck off GM and head coach. But if it, if it pans out, they'll be like heroes in, in Denver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, the only issue I have with it, and look, I call it sour grapes or whatever because Russ has gone from Seattle. Now he's off right? the cliff. That was all but, in on Russ. No, no, it's cliff. not. It's it's not. Well, look, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but the, see, there's an issue I have with it and, and this goes back to loads of discussions we've had before, Fionn. Uh, and, and this is like, this is a side that, that you don't agree with in terms of, you know, quarterbacks getting involved in teams, say, Russ is very vocal about wanting to be involved in that sort of stuff. And he's coming in to a situation where it is a, in general sense, it's a rookie GM. It's only a second year in charge of the Broncos and a rookie head coach who has never head coached any team before in Nathaniel Hackett that I, I have a fear and I hope this doesn't happen because you don't want to see teams implode like this, but you rely too much on Russ, and I think that's going to be your detriment. I think Russ, like, I'm not going to say he's not a bad player. He's a great player, um, and I could be wrong. You can t- you can clip this and then tell me in this time next year how stupid I was if you know Russ is lifting Lombardi tro- trophy in um, in Vegas. I think it is next year. But um, I just think that th- you have to sort of tamper things with it. Like when Russ was let cook. It didn't exactly end too well for the Seahawks that year. You know, Russ can be a great quarterback, just is a great quarterback. But I think there is a lot of hype around him. And I, I we said in group chats, I don't, I'm not putting them down as a guarantee to make the playoffs, let alone go to the Super Bowl this year. That conference is so tough. Not just their division, the conference in general is so tough. Um, but we'll see. In terms of the the additions that they made to try and make them better, they are definitely a winner, though. Mm-hmm. I think. I think again, we have to look at at what time says, and and we'll talk. I presume more as the off season goes on, maybe building into the season of what is what is a good season for the Broncos. What is a good season for Russell Wilson? And yeah. like we said already, and we, we can only repeat it so many times. That's really going to say whether they end up a winner or end up a loser by the time we get to the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. Fionn, uh, tell me, who was your second winner of the free agency period? I've gone for the Cincinnati Bengals. They did lose CJ Uzama, which I think is quite a good tight end, but they made a lot of key signings. They signed a guard, a right tackle, and a center for what I think is pretty reasonable money, 6 million, 7 million, and 8.7 million a year deals. Uh, for those guys they did resign Eli Apple who uh splits opinion as to whether or not he's he's worth that money but you know what I mean they've got good players they've addressed the needs that they have for again what I think is reasonable value again we'll like all these things we'll find out at the end of the season whether they play up to those contracts above or slightly below but on paper I don't think that's wildly overpaying for what they got good solid names that are known around the league as good offensive linemen Uh, it was a big area of need for them they've signed three right off the bat and I think in general you tend to be able to pick up some decent passable offensive linemen in the draft as well so 
I think it's going to go well for them. I liked that they didn't mess around. They immediately jumped in. Didn't go huge, huge mega money, which sometimes teams like that can get not tricked into, but baited into. Uh, so yeah, for me, again, it's just a good value for money, a good haul of players as well. Uh, that really addresses the needs that needed to be addressed. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, protecting the quarterback that you have to protect. He's, we know he's a quality quarterback. You've got some weapons for him to throw to, but make sure he has enough tra- time to throw to them. So, yeah, absolutely have to agree with that. So it's been a good offseason for them. The Eli Apple thing, I don't know. I mean, I'm familiar with him from a Giants um, standpoint, and it's it just uh, sour grapes he left in my mouth. I mean, he had a bad Super Bowl, but he didn't necessarily have a bad regular season. He played pretty okay, if I remember right, during the season. It was just that kind of the mouth that really got him in trouble coming into the playoffs yeah. and into the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just he was... think he, yes, like the Super Bowl, he got burned by um, Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup was burned in every corner he played against mm-hmm. that season. So, like, it's he's not as if it's anything new to him. So, um, yeah, I like the additions that they've made. Um, they've been quiet about their business. They've gotten these guards that they need to to protect them. Uh, who was it? Lyle Collins from the, the Cowboys was a really Cowboys. good one. Um, they actually brought in Hayden Hurst from the Falcons, who I think is a bit of an underrated tight end. To I think so too. James Usama. He's always played second fiddle to first Austin Hooper and then Kyle Pitts. I think if he is tight end one in a place, I think you'll see him do really, really well. So I like I like what the Bengals are doing and and they have a chance now because they are they are um they are doing well if they draft well as well that they can sort of you know take control of this AFC North for a little bit um especially with the uncertainty around the Browns quarterback um who uh, we don't even know is going to be playing next year or not so i like that it's a good move um and i think that they're they're doing quite well i do also like the theme so far of tonight i don't know if you guys have noticed but every team that we've announced as winners so far and my one now will be all afc teams it's and been I think a strong our, reason for them. <laughs> yeah, and I think all our losers are going to be NFC teams this year. <laughs> the NFC got considerably weaker this year for sure. But um, my winner, second winner of free agency um, this season, so this offseason so far, I should say, is the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they've, of course, brought in the best uh, wide receiver in the game in Devontae Adams. They brought in Chandler Jones and they got Rocky Rock Sin. I believe is, is how you pronounce it as part of the trade for Yannick and Gokwe with the, with the Colts, you know, Adams reunites with his quarter quarterback in college. Um, so that's going to be interesting. You know, Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, maybe Josh Jacobs, if you can keep fit or Kenyon Jake, Kenyon Drake, whichever one that you use, that's an, it's a really, really potent offense. Um, still question marks over head coach McDaniel. See, we'll see what happens there. Um, additionally, like I said, getting Chandler Jones to um, get on the line with Max Crosby is going to be fantastic as well. It's going to be really interesting to see. There are some holes they still need to um, address, most notably the offensive line. Um, Derek Carr was sacked a bunch last year. They'll have to, if they can get someone in free, free agency, yes, or else they'll have to go to the draft. The draft is strong with O-lineman this year, so hopefully they get a good few ones in. And, and in the backfield as well, in their defense, that they'll need to get a few people in there as well still too. But 
what they've done so far, especially seeing what the other teams in their division have done, they've made some really, really good moves to make sure that they are definitely still um, up there with the teams and not being uh, not falling away with the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, it, you can certainly on paper, it just sounds like all oh, great stuff. You have Devontae Adams now, you've got Chandler Jones, you've got all of this, but still led by a, a quarterback who I'm not a huge fan of, Derek Carr. So um, I guess you you have to give him weapons and you have to protect him and you have to have a good defense for him. But still, I mean, it's the toughest division probably in all of football at the minute and you're going to ride it out with Derek Carr. I don't know if that's just a viable opinion for me, but um, yeah, certainly one in the, the sense that they acquired some excellent players, but I'm just not a fan of Derek Carr and that really uh, puts this down for me. Yeah, Jake, you took the words right out of my mouth. For me, they're a loser for simply because they didn't get rid of Derek Carr. I don't care who else you sign. He's literally bad enough to negate all that. And the problem is he keeps getting so many yards. Like we need, he is the main reason why we can't take yardage in a season as a sign of success because he's always in the top five for yardage and he never does anything. He, he, he doesn't even make the playoffs most years. And when he does, he goes straight out. He hasn't won a playoff game his entire career. So, uh, yeah, that for me is the big problem with the Raiders at the moment. It's such a bad team, and that's why he's got huge amounts of yards all the t- time. Like Matt, Matt Ryan, he always had huge amounts of yards. It's just because his team's shit. Like, he has mm-hmm. to throw that lot, that many. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know. But look, the rest of the team is good. We'll see what happens with Carr. Um, we'll see if they can, him and Devontae Adams, can reconnect that sort of uh, college uh, relationship that they had or college chemistry. We'll see, though. We'll see. Um, but where there's winners, there must be losers. So we're going to give our losers a free agency so far. And I'm going to go first on this one. Um, and my first loser uh, of free agency so far, so you guys can steal it, is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I'm always a fan of this one. <laughs> so an example of some of the players they've lost, Jake, you mentioned them pretty uh, little earlier, Randy Gregory, who they seem to have signed, sealed, delivered, but they ended up being delivered to Denver instead of Dallas. But the wrong postage address on that, did they? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think the air code was wrong on that one there, so it went to the wrong wrong place. Uh, They've lost Connor Williams to the Dolphins, uh, Lyle Collins, like I said, to the Bengals. Amari Cooper, they traded to the Browns, um, and Cedric Wilson, of course, also gone to the Dolphins. A lot of these cap implication you know, departures, obviously due to the massive contracts the likes of Zeke and Dak are on. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to sort of, and they have been able to attract any decent free agent signings also. Is it because they can't afford them to do, they only have a certain amount of money to spend possibly? Um, are they looking at the draft instead? Maybe they see better value there? Possibly. But right now, the team has not gotten better. It's gotten worse. Um, and if they were to go into the season the way they are now, without adding, getting any decent additions, um, I feel that they'll struggle to get out of the division, especially with the likes of... Uh, like I like the idea of Carson Wentz in Washington. I think that helps them. Um, so we'll see if that pushes them to that division. I had to think of the other teams. Eagles, sorry, as well. With another year with Jalen Hurts. We'll see what happens there. Um, but like there's other teams around them are getting better, but they're not. Um, and I think that if they don't try and get some of these lower end even free agents to even help the team get bodies in and then if they don't draft well they could be in a lot of trouble heading into next year yeah i mean 
I'm always for shitting on the cowboy, so I completely agree with it. I think uh, the Randy Gregory thing was a real strange one because it's something that the cowboys always do under contracts is something to do with if the player gets a penalty, a flag thrown for them, the cowboys can then void all their money that they haven't already paid them. And obviously you don't want that. I think the only other person on the Cowboys that doesn't have that is Dak Prescott. So, I mean, I don't know how they like implement that if they need to get the money or whatever, but still that's in their contract. You don't want that. So that's the reason I believe Randy. That's interesting because they were the most penalized team last year with flags. Yeah, they probably have to Jerry Jones. It's, it's so <laughs> that's probably why they do it. <laughs> but it's just, that's such a weird thing to get hung up on, like by one of the yeah. better players at, at, at his position. Why you would let him go over hit something that you're probably have, going to have to fight in court if you ever did try to get the money back from it. But yeah, that they kept Dak Prescott, which I think is probably. I mean, who are you going to replace him with? I get it, but. He's probably at his highest value. I mean, get something for him and, and then move on because I still don't think he's the best quarterback that ever walked the earth, which all the Cowboys seem to um, seem to think. And the uh, the Elliott contract is continuously buying them in the arse now, which is also mm-hmm. very good. Having to let Amari Cooper go. Like, I know you can say they have, um, what's the, CD Lamb. They have CD Lamb, I know. And then they paid, who did they pay? The other wide receiver. Gallo? Michael Gallup. Gallup. They played Michael Gallup. He was injured last season, so they're hoping he can return to form. But, I mean, that's just cowboy way, I guess. And I'm always glad to see them fail. Fat Zeke on a fat contract is killing them. And that's what happens when you let an 104-year-old man run your American football (laughs) franchise. He makes, like, decisions that are not logical. Uh, And, yeah, I I think the cowboys will struggle more and more the longer and longer that he has because he really does have a, a lot of influence at every level in that football team well he's basically the gm he's basically the gm, he is the GM yeah and and look we all look, we all know owners i personally think it's good for owners to really enjoy the football team and and be owners because they love football and get involved but also to know their limits they are businessmen more often than not these day and age because of how expensive the teams are they are not football players. They are not football coaches. They are not even football executives. And so they really need to trust themselves. Hire the guys to run the team. And you, fine, go down to practice. Shake the hands of the players. Enjoy the life that you've bought. But remember, if you try and run this thing, you don't know what you're doing. And it will eventually bite you in the ass. Yeah, agreed. A lot of the NFL owners, like they've been a part of football families for years, but they've not been players a lot like or coaches or anything like this so they don't really they just have football in their immediate surroundings it just doesn't make you good at managing a team like yeah no fully agreed fully agreed uh fion who is your first loser of free agency j-e-t-s jets 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 (laughs) jets doing jets things they're making no sense they what did they do they have spent 45 million dollars on tight ends for some reason. Uh, they did sign Ooh. DJ Reed from Seattle and Zoma, I think what I think is a did pretty big contract. Uh, and then also they've signed Lakin Tomlinson, a guard from San Francisco, for 40 million dollars. So uh, yeah, I don't see where the value is there. They've also let go one of their good wide receivers that they had from last year in in Crowder 
Uh, I think he was mm. a lot of people thought uh, league wide he's probably not ranked that high, but he's pretty productive for the Jets. So uh, I guess the idea is that their quarterback, whose name escapes me at this very moment, Zach Wilson. Wilson, Zach Wilson can't throw the ball very well. So let's get twelve tight ends and just do like <laughs> tight end dumps all the way up the pitch to make him feel good about himself. Uh, but, yeah, who it, who who are the tight ends? The tight end CJ Uzama, were, wasn't it? CJ Uzama, they gave him uh, $8 million a year for three years, $24 million total. Then they also signed Tyler Conklin from the Minnesota Vikings and gave him $6.75 million per year for three years. Mm. So that's a total of just over $20 million total I on thought, that contract. I thought Uzama went to the Jaguars. Sorry, that's that, that's another dumpster fire that just try and throw money at problems. But yes, sir. <laughs> I just I don't understand. Find one or the other. Like I get it, a good tight end for your quarterback to throw to, but you let go one of your wide receivers, didn't re-sign him, and then sign two tight ends, which if your system isn't built for, I don't see how that fits. I don't see the logic there or the value, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. That team continuously perplexes me that one of they spend one of the most amounts of money on free agency almost every year and then really don't have a whole lot to show for it but um i don't know i guess maybe trying to like do that double tight end set where you could protect a lot and stuff maybe that's the plan i have no idea i'm not gonna sit here and say i know what the jets are going to be up to every single time because i don't know what they're doing any moment in time yeah no i agree um the dj reed one was an interesting one He's also one that I would have liked back in Seattle. He was their best cornerback last year. They're giving him 11 million per year, a three-year mm-hmm. contract, I think 33 million total. Um, and he said that the Seahawks offered nowhere near that, even though the Seahawks wanted him back. So the Seahawks obviously saw value in DJ, but obviously not 11 million per year, <laughs> which for cornerbacks nowadays getting their contract is actually kind of reasonable yeah it's not too i mean yeah. kind of that 10 15 seems to be where like the top half of that cornerbacks yeah. in the league are getting so it's not like they overpaid for him but again he's also not the best in the league i mean that seattle defense was nothing to write home about last season so yeah. it's not like you're getting a, a super bowl contender cornerback no that's true and that is true um yeah, maybe it's just because, yeah, it, it was so bad. The only sh- ray of light that we, one of the only rays of light that we had, we sort of wanted to keep. Um, but we kept the other one in Quandary Diggs, so we're kind of okay with that. Um, but this isn't about the Seahawks, this is about the Jets. Fully agree that's kind of weird. It kind of stinks to me, the Jets, with the, especially with these tight end acquisitions, that it's a defensive head coach making decisions on personnel on the, for the offense when he probably doesn't know it well enough to do it. Play conservative. It's things yeah. of me of like, get those comfort blankets in there. Let's not do anything too technical. Let's block and dump. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what we can get up the pitch from there. Yeah. And they have two first round picks this year as well. So, and they're pretty high picks. I think it's was, it's a pick four and pick 10 or oh, something like 10, that. Yeah. yeah. Five and 10 or something like that. So they definitely have room to get some stuff, especially like, they can get more cornerback help if they want. They can get uh, some offensive tackles at that stage, just some decent wide receivers at that stage. So, you know, they can do that, or if they want to trade back and they can get a, a mini haul for them as well, they can. So, yeah, it's interesting. It, it's look, they have to do what they can to sort of keep, 
you know, Zach Wilson sort of clean if you know if for this year because like he, he struggled a lot of times last year. He did have some good games, but he did struggle a bit in, in a team that was lacking real quality. So um hope hopefully they can get some quality in the draft because they haven't really got a lot of it on offense in, in free agency. So we'll see what happens there. Uh Jake, your loser of uh so far in free agency i'll give you my one it's the jacksonville jaguars of course because well they just took out their checkbook and they said what what do you want i'll give you whatever you want they gave christian kirk a ridiculous amount of money four years 72 million for christian kirk like that just doesn't make any sense to me why like i mean he's a good receiver but is he worth 72 million over four years probably not they got evan engram from the giants for nine million for a one year which is okay value, I guess. Probably on the upper end of Evan Engram with his stone hands. But he's got speed. He, he can run. So that's all you can really say about him. They did add Brandon Sheriff from the Commanders, I think it is. So um, that was always a, a pretty decent one. That's a, a good O-line move. And uh, f- I'm going to I'm gonna absolutely butcher this name. Foy Al- Um, I don't know. But that's just... I don't know. They just spent a shit ton of money. I don't know what the return is going to be like, but I'm guaranteeing you it's not going to be what they expect it to be. Tell you all other of the 31 teams, when they saw that Christian Kirk contract, <laughs> were cursing out the Jaguars saying, you've just ruined the wide receiver market now. And now look at what we're going to have to pay these guys. That contract yeah, absolutely. is ridiculous. unbelievable. Like this, that, that itself would have them down as a loser. I don't even care if they had signed like Patrick Mahomes or they then they, they have signed like like you know every other great player in the league you gave Christian Kirk that money and look I'm not no, I'm not normally against players getting their bag as you if you can get your money take it but on the team's decision to grant that it was idiotic and like this is the thing like that's why these teams continue to have problems continue to pick at the top of the draft every year because all they try to do to fix problems is to throw money at it and to get these players in that care more probably about the money than they do about making the team better because Christian Kirk Christian Kirk is getting wide receiver one money he was wide receiver three in Arizona you know this he almost got overtaken by AJ Green he was overtaken by AJ Green the corpse (laughs) of AJ Green you know, um, he was probably still like wide receiver three when even Hopkins was out. You know, um, but look, it's that's the thing. Like, I you want to sort of you want them to do well because I like Trevor Lawrence. You know, I um, I know you guys don't, but uh, I I like Doug Peterson. I think he 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 actually can be a decent head coach for the Jaguars. But you know, they're just giving crazy money to 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 the wrong players. Counterpoint. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Urban Meyer. That guarantees they'll be a better <laughs> football team this season. Sure, they might have lost a lot of money in free agency, but and the and the record might not get any better. But that will be a better franchise this season than it was last season. So I guess be fair, uh, I guess they're kind of celebrating by spending all this money on stars. I don't know if they got rid of Urban Meyer as much as Urban Meyer got rid of himself off that team. Really, that he should be taken. He should be taken to. The grand jury and being done for fraud because fraud. that was outrageous. <laughs> By the way, I, while we're on it, I don't believe the story that he didn't know who Aaron Donald was. I just no, cannot comprehend that. that anyone in even remotely close to American football doesn't know who Aaron Donald was. 
I can't believe it either. I just, I just maybe he said it offhand. Sure, maybe it was a running thing that he didn't know a lot of good players that he should have known. But I do not believe that he didn't know who Aaron Donald was. I just don't believe. No, it was probably it was probably one of those quotes taken out of context. Like yeah. someone heard him on the sideline saying, "We've got to stop that nine nine. He's really good." Like, yeah. Or who's this? What... Who's this ninety nine guy I've been yeah. hearing so much about? Exactly. Like, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But it, look, it adds more fuel onto the fire of that was the dumpster fire of you know Jacksonville's time with Urban Meyer. So you know he deserves it anyway. So. You know, screw them. <laughs> um, listen, let's move on. We got one last round of losers to go through. Uh, Fionn, I'm going to let you go first on this one now. Your second loser of uh, this year's free agency. Yeah, my second loser is the Arizona Cardinals because they uh, pretty much just didn't take part in free agency <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, I don't understand that because, look, hey, I get it. Some people prefer the draft over free agency can be difficult. I don't know what the cap room was like. Maybe it was a little bit of tight. But the reality is, these systems are in place to make your team better. And you, if you just don't partake in either free agency or the draft, I don't believe that's a good strategy. You have to go out and make the most of both opportunities. In total, they signed uh, from another team, they signed outside linebacker Nick Vigil from the Minnesota Vikings. They gave him a one-year, $1.7 million contract. <laughs> I've never heard of him before in my life. They re-signed Ezekiel Turner, their own inside linebacker, again for one year. They gave him $1.5 million. Then the two other free agent signings that they picked up was their own punter and their own long snapper, both for about a million and a half each. And that's it. They do have Will Hernandez that I don't see any information on. Guard obviously picked up from the Giants. And everything else is outgoing players. That's it. That's all they did. They re-signed their own long snapper and punter. And then they decided, we're pretty good now. And they were not pretty good last season. I think they give Zach Ertz a new contract as well. Maybe they did, but that's not on my list here. They could have, maybe they restructured. Maybe they restructured. Probably was. uh, But in terms of an actual re-signing of a free agent, that's all they've done. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they just let people go. Again, you said it, you don't know what the cap situation was like, but uh, maybe they didn't want to pay Christian Kirk 72 million fucking quid. I don't know, but they're going to get a compensation compensation pick for him as well. So yeah. that might be nice like, next year. Like players gone. Christian Kirk, who granted he's not a number one wide receiver, but uh, if they continue to have injuries and obviously one of those players is AJ Green, they're kind of short the wide receivers. Chandler Jones famously gone. Chase Edmonds also gone. And then Jordan Hicks, the inside linebacker, gone. He got five million a year. So like preparations for the Kyler Murray contract. <laughs> well, I mu- I must say, Fionn, you did a great job getting through to Kyler uh, on his Instagram <laughs> when you asked him if he was okay because he put all those pictures back up. So yeah, obviously you surprise. helped mend that relationship. Yeah, yeah. I I talked to him. I got into his DMs. I said, look, man, these things happen. You gotta just. Be patient, work with the people around you, have a good circle and just play better football, you know, and they'll they give you maybe win a playoff game. Stop running around so much. Uh, and he took that really to heart and he said he would he would do his best to work on it. And look, things got better for him from there. So I think it, it's a lesson to us all really in the in the long run. Yeah, fair play. Well and they said. were all archived, just like I predicted at the time. <laughs> they definitely weren't deleted. It's a it's a famous trick. Archive all your photos. People think they're gone, and then 
boom, you can throw them all back up again when you need to. Did you did you see his press conference last weekend or something like no, that? No, because he was under the table. I couldn't they couldn't get a ta- <laughs> a chair high enough. I couldn't see him. I think they asked him, I was like, why did you delete everything? It's like, oh, this is what us young kids do. We just delete everything off Facebook and then uh, that's that's just what we do. But then no one bothered following up by saying, Well then why did you put them back? Because <laughs> you know? oh, he wasn't gonna answer. <laughs> no, he wasn't gonna answer. He was probably gone at that stage. But um Jake your second loser of free agency this year. Who was it? I'm gonna have to do a little, a little bit of uh, self um, inspection here. The Giants obviously hadn't uh, had a, a rough couple of seasons, you could say, uh, led by the infamous Gettle Magic, who decided he would hand out uh, all the money, uh, restructure all the contracts. So this year we have no money to sign anybody. So not exactly our current GM's fault, and he couldn't do a lot with the two euro we had to spend on free agents this year. So he, he set himself a little goal of 40 million euro in cap savings, or dollars rather, in cap savings this year. So had to drop a few players, wants to get rid of James Bradbury to clear off 12 million or something. But because he's announced that, nobody wants to trade for James Bradbury anymore because they know he's going to have to be released at some stage to get this money. They dropped Logan Ryan, who was one of our better safeties uh, leader in the locker room, for a saving this year of $1 million and a cap hit of $11 million. That's the dead cap hit. doesn't make any sense. It's $3 million next year, but still, not that big of a deal. Um, what else they do? They signed a couple of bargain bin players. They know that depth signings and stuff, but they can't really mention any of them. Uh, they signed Lewinsky, who was a center because we don't have a center. We don't really have any offensive line with the, the whole different story. And they signed Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod Taylor, which I think was a bit of a mistake. The contract wasn't too bad in the end with the guarantees and that. But I just think why spend that much on Tyrod Taylor when like, we know he's not that good? He might be better than Daniel Jones, but why not just let Daniel Jones have the year and then fucking pick somebody else or give Daniel Jones an extension? But I just I don't tell, understand it. I tell you what, Jake, because he's going to look great in that New York blue. <laughs> that royal blue, look, baby. He's going to look great in that New York blue. I tell you, he will. Well, if you're if you're a GM and you're picking players because they might look good in your color, I think you need to go find a new job. That's what I do in Madden. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I agree with you there with um with the Giants. They they haven't been able to do anything. It looks like they are saying, look, this next year, forget about it. We need to just get rid of this dead cap money and go into next year. Hopefully, make a few decent draft picks this year. Um, you got two first rounders, haven't you? Guys, good this year. We've got five and seven. Five and seven. Well, then there you go. If you don't want to pick up five or seven, you can still get a mini haul for one of them as well. So that could work too. Um, just uh, don't take sauce. Gardener, please just let him come down to nine. That was swell. I don't you know, know if he'll drop that far. <laughs> no, he won't. He won't drop that far at all. Is, but, uh, what is a good season for the Giants this year? Finally being over 500 for the first time in about 12 years. That would be a great season for the Giants. Vegas has a set. Actually, you can't even go 500, don't you? You have to go over 500 now. Yeah. Um, Vegas has a has a Giants at eight wins, which I think is a bit generous. I it's can't really, I mean, get more than five, maybe you, six, if you're lucky. But the point is, isn't it that no, it's not even just by the end of the season. At no point in the last five seasons have you been over 500. At no point. Yeah. Like midway through, I, first two games of the season. Like, at no point were you ever more than 500. 
which is yeah it's bad. been a rough couple of years Fionn. i'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you it's pretty we haven't won the first game of the season in years i don't know how long it's been since i mean we won the first I, game of the season i don't think i can talk at one point the commanders if you mm. averaged out like every 5 10 15 years their record was always 500 they were the epitome <laughs> epitome of mediocrity like it just 500 no matter what <laughs> What yeah. cut of seasons you took, it always averaged out to be 500. I take 500 now. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the, the New York Giants opponents for next season and trying to see where they're going to get eight wins. So, like, you've got the Bears, the Lions, the Colts, the Texans, the Panthers, the Ravens, and, of course, the three divisional opponents at home. So maybe you could get a couple of wins there. Maybe the Lions, maybe the Bears, maybe the Panthers. By that stage, Dan will be gone and McCaffrey will be injured for the season. Um, then you have the Jaguars away. Okay, you might do well on that. I don't know. Titans away? No. Uh, Green Bay away? Well, we'll see what happens there because Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers will be thrown to no one. You know, the Vikings away? I don't know, don't think so. And then you have the Seahawks away. Okay, there's a chance you could do you could beat <laughs> the Seahawks. I'll be honest with you, um, especially with Drew Lock on the center. But like, yeah, there's some a lot of tough games. I don't know where Vegas is getting these eight wins. From. I don't know. I don't know. Now, to be fair, I picked the Giants to have a load more wins last season, um, and Vegas had them uh, a lot less than I had them. So maybe there's something to the eight wins. Take Vegas knows a lot more than I do. I would absolutely take it on the under and lock the odds right now. <laughs> I would hammer the under. <laughs> make sure you untick if you're going Paddy Bear. Make sure you untick that like track the odds or whatever. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. like to leave on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think we have enough time for one more loser. That's my second loser of free agency, and I see Atlanta Falcons. They are going to be the final loser of free agency in 2022. Of course, Matt Ryan gone, Calvin Ridley banned, Russell Gage gone, Hayden Hurst gone. They're a loser for me, and I have to make sure I write this down. They're a loser for me. It's not, not so much that they've um, for who they've signed, more because they were so invested in getting Deshaun Watson. Um, they everyone thought that they were going to sign. He was he's from Atlanta. You think he was all signed and he's gone, and now they're stuck with an unhappy quarterback who's on tons of money, <laughs> and they have no one to throw to. So they end up having to trade their unhappy quarterback, taking on a load of dead money in the process. Literally, Kyle Pitts is the only receiver they have there at the moment. And Caldero Patterson. Patterson. Yeah, um, he'll probably play running back more than he will play receiver anyway. But, you know, and I feel sorry for Kyle Pitts because, you know, he is a good player, but he's going to be on a trash team now for the next little while because you've got Marcus Mariota there now on their center who, let's be fair, let's be honest about this, hasn't actually thrown a ball in a game in the last two years, he's been mostly used for read option plays in the for the Raiders. Um, they're obviously setting themselves for the number one pick next draft, not this one for obvious reasons. Uh, I don't think they'll take a quarterback in this draft. I think they're looking ahead to to next year's draft. But yeah, they they've just been an absolute dumpster fire. And oh, you also have to feel for Arthur Smith. He did the best he could last year with that team. Um, he would have hoped to progress this year. Um, Jake, you talked about it throughout the season as well that they should have got rid of Matt Ryan. Um, and yes, they probably should have, but probably not this way, where they've upset him because they've went after a quarterback. They've had no sort of contingency in place. But yeah, they've just been an absolute mess this off season, and and you really fear from going into the into the uh, regular season. 
I'm going to say this is one I disagree with you because I have been a staunch supporter of the Falcons pressing that big red button and blowing up the entire team. Maybe they've done it too late, but they've at last done it. I don't like they might as well trade Kyle Pitts away now and whoever else they can get anything back for him and then just rebuild that entire team from scratch. There's absolutely no point. I'm going to say this is not even a, it's not a win as such. It's a neutral free agency offseason period for the Falcons because they got rid of Matt Ryan and they got rid of a whole bunch of players and that team wasn't going to do anything anyway with Matt Ryan like even with Deshaun Watson that was a huge mistake going after him but still they had to get rid of Matt, Matt Ryan anyway yeah Jake for some reason we're on the same page today I thought the <laughs> same thing they had to get rid of Matt Ryan years ago I really feel he's a almost the same situation as Carr. he's become the limiting factor he's just not good enough and yeah, you can say the team around him isn't good, but I think the facts state them or the stats speak for themselves. He was not good enough to overcome what they needed. And I don't think no matter how much value you add, I personally don't see him being able to replicate that run they had that got them to the Super Bowl. What's the five or six years ago now at this point? Uh, so yeah, I think it was time to move on. He's not the youngest quarterback. It's not like you're sacrificing a whole load of young years or that he might burn you on another team. I really think he's going to, disappear into oblivion now at this point i don't has he re-signed for any other team he's on the Colts now isn't he oh he's he on the trade to the Colts. yeah oh i beg your pardon yeah i don't i don't know if he's going to be an advantage for the Colts. to be honest with you what who they don't need the quarterback off? to do that much though they just need the quarterback Very to true. be able to throw a few passes and let jonathan taylor do the fucking rest is he the only who are quarterbacks that the Colts got in the roster as we speak well they had carson wentz to trade away so i think it's uh mate reset you know, no, no it's the Browns. It's the rookie think... quarterback behind the Mason something, isn't it? Is it? Okay, I was just, not I was rookie just wondering if there was any competition there that might even give no. him the yips in terms of if all you've got to do is well, hand they, it off. They, they pick at, uh, who's at the Colts are we talking about, sorry? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the Colts, oh, well then the Colts don't, uh, they don't have a first round pick this year. Yeah, they're doomed. They're doomed. They, they, <laughs> I think they gave it to... Like the 49ers. Eagles, wasn't it? Did they give it to the Eagles? I'm not seeing actually. Oh no, they get they did give it to the Eagles. You're right. Sorry. In the Carson Wentz trade. Yeah, they gave it to the Eagles. Over seventy percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Carson Wentz trade. Currently, though, just looking very quickly here, the yes, the next person up, um, for the Colts after Matt Ryan is Sam, uh, was it Ertlinger? Oh yeah, that's who they drafted him last season. Yeah. 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 He was. Um, he's the he's their backup there now at the moment. So, um, so yeah, I was going to say maybe they might draft a quarterback this year, but they they can't even. So they shouldn't. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. Not they at shouldn't. the second round. They shouldn't. But Atlanta are in number eight this year. I did. Me- I know. I, I mentioned that they may not draft a quarterback this year, but look, stranger things have happened. I yeah. wonder will they want to jump up to five ahead of the Panthers? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Panthers, I think. Have they got well, anything that they could give you, Jake, that you'd even want to get well, you? Got four, to get your... four, picks, got yeah. four picks back a first round, maybe the first round next year. Yeah. Okay, okay. Move okay. four spot to get your quarterback. I'll take give a first you, round next give year. You a, what about AJ Terrell and that too? <laughs> well, if I get that too, I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want take... a first round pick next year as well, though. That's take, the thing. Yeah, take this. Take the keys to the stadium as well. Here you go. Take That'd it all. Nice, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. that'd be nice. It's a nice stadium, actually, that Atlanta one. It's a very nice stadium. Um, but yeah, so okay, I, I understand. I can see where you guys are coming from if you if you disagree with, with the Falcons thing. Um, they are blowing it up. It looks like they're blowing it up. I just think the way they've blown it up has just been a bit of a, a clusterfuck. That's why mm-hmm. I think they have. They they they've done the right things, but they've done it the wrong way. You know, that's that's that's, that's why I saw I saw them as losers in this, you know. And uh, I don't think they optimized the value of the blow up, if that makes sense. I don't think they got a whole lot of future potential that they're not gonna have to lose themselves into, if you know what I mean. They're not sitting on a whole horde of picks or anything like that. So I think that's gonna be a big problem. Yeah, that's very true as well. It's very true as well. But I think that's a perfect place to wrap up this edition of the show. Guys, as always, thank you so much. Thank you. Of course, be back again very soon. Maybe this week, maybe not. Keep an eye out on our social media channels. The only way you can do that is by following us on Twitter at UnderCenterPod or Instagram at UnderCenterPod. Make sure you stay close to those two as well because we are keeping up with, of course, the American uh, Football Ireland season. Uh, Of course, we're heading into week four, so there'll be more fixtures, including... Uh, your very own North Dublin Pirates taking part. Uh, they are, we are, of course, travelling up to Loud to take on the Loud Mavericks in Dundalk IT. So if you're around Dundalk, come down to the game. Uh, check it out. Um, it should be a, a very entertaining affair between the two sides. Uh, we are, of course, on the back of a loss, unfortunately. Loud are on the back of a win last week in Antrim. So uh, an important game earlier on in the season um, in terms of uh, who wants to go ahead and make it to the, the final of Division 2. Of course, there's so many other games keep, like I say, close to our social media for uh, the fixtures and where they will be. So you can check them out if you are indeed in the area. Go to our YouTube channel. Uh, under center podcast you'll search for it there will be there subscribe all of our shows are there the same on the audio side just search under center podcast subscribe all of our shows are there too if you prefer list prefer listening to it on the walk because lads it's a grand stretch in the evening now plenty of time for walks listening to the under center podcast as you're walking the dog or if you're just going for a walk on the beach or the park with a coffee so it's well worth it um but like i said Uh, Guys, that is where we're going to wrap up this show. Until next time, stay safe and we'll see you soon.